Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the podcast for the 21st century for military spouses, by military spouses, about military spouses and their world. Welcome to another edition of the critically acclaimed, always fresh, never boring, Military Spouse Spouts. Here's your host, Susan Reynolds, and co-host, Dave Etter. Yay! Good morning! I always sing this part. So, um... (laughs) Spouse Spouse listeners and fans today, it's just me today, Susan Reynolds, because Dave is on his way to someplace in Germany. He has, in case for those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, Dave is actually in Germany, and we do this show, isn't the internet amazing, isn't technology awesome, and we do this show when it's 3.30 in the afternoon, his time in Germany, and 9.30 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time here in North Carolina. But Dave is on his way to do something with the American Legion today in Germany, in Stuttgart, Germany. So he can't make it today. So that's okay, though, because as we know, for three or four weeks, Dave was flying solo while I had gone in for surgery, recovery, the whole shebang. But today we have a very special guest, and her name is Kelly. And I love Kelly. She is one of my most favorite people out there in the entire world because she is awesome. And Kelly is from Millie. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Susan. That was such a sweet intro. I love it. <laughs> well, you're, thanks. well, I'm glad you're here because, you know, this is, this is a big deal, what we're talking about today. We're talking about moving. It's moving time. <laughs> it is PCS season. We're right in the middle of it. I'm, oh. I'm literally like watching a moving truck for one of my dearest friends down the street right now through my window. So, yep, yeah, <laughs> I've seen three in my neighborhood in the last month. Yep. Three in my neighborhood, too. So, yeah. Yep. And I remember, uh, well, and I just actually, I had a friend just post uh, a picture, not really just, but she posted a picture a couple weeks ago um, of them moving to Fort Leavenworth. And she said, oh, it's definitely PCS season and four houses in a row had, had moving trucks. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> in a row. And I thought, yep, welcome to PCS season. Okay. I, you know, I remember when I was a military kid, though, Kelly, like, it didn't seem that it was such a season. It wasn't. It was, you came and went whenever the military needed you to, right? Really? Okay. So the considerations weren't, well, quote unquote, considerations for um, <laughs> school years and seasons like that weren't as popular? Or, I, I'm not, I didn't know that. That's interesting. It wasn't that it wasn't popular. It was just, um, it didn't matter as I don't think it didn't. It wasn't that it didn't matter. It was just it was definitely PCSs came in two times, very much two times of the year. Now they happened at different times, of course, mm-hmm. but it was definitely right around the Christmas season, and definitely in the summer. Right. Yeah. Um, and what families used to do a lot of is if your service member had to move, let's say, and had a report no later than date of April 30th, but the school year didn't get out until mid-June, families would just stay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they'd have to suck it up and pay for it on their own. And you just pocket it. You just put that bill, right? Yeah. No, that's true. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because housing I mean, wasn't what housing is today. So you just put on those expenses. You just absorb those costs and those expenses. I remember... One of our 
moves when I was a kid, and my dad got orders to Germany, although we were supposed to go someplace else, and, and this is the craziest story. So we were, I can't remember, I, we were supposed to go someplace else, and there had actually been a terrorist attack where Ooh. we were supposed to go. This is, you know, the 80s. And right. um, so they said, nope, we're not going to send dependents there. We're very sorry, sir. We're going to reroute you to Germany. So he goes back to Germany, and I was finishing up school. I finished up school. We went and moved up to Richmond to live with my grandmother until my dad could get us housing because he had to live in, back then, the BOQ, the Bachelor's mm-hmm. Officer Quarters, or the BEQ, the Bachelor Enlisted Quarters, until housing became available. And we stayed with my grandmother in Richmond for three months. Wow. So yeah. that's, a, that's an interesting point, though, is the transition. There's been a major shift lately, I feel, of, you know, we, we like to say it, it ain't your grandma or ain't your mama's CCS. Like, we, it used to be that you moved on to the on-post community when the military said go. And the, the communities were really robust, and they had everything you needed. And sometimes the bases are in really, like, desolate sort of places. So you needed that on-post amenities and everything that they provided. That's not yes. really the case anymore. Like, a lot of families are choosing to live off post. I think it's more than half at this point. Maybe, like, six, I don't know exactly, but I feel like it was, you know, 60-ish, 70% of families are choosing to live off post because of career opportunities for spouses and the school offerings and, and migrate off. And it's a really challenging thing to try to navigate when you're not there. So Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's well, and here's what I find real. so interesting. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I know. Yeah, exactly. Well, and here's what's so interesting about that. So back when I was a military kid, I never lived off base. I never lived Mm -hmm. off post. We always lived in housing. Right. Always. I can't remember a time not living in housing when I was a military kid. We always lived in housing. There was always plenty of housing. Everybody lived in housing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the craziest thing. I I don't remember having any friends who didn't live in housing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. So I've, but I've only lived in housing once and that, and it yes. wasn't even on a space. It was kind of, it was a school situation. So we, we were only there for like 18 months. So it was just the easiest thing to do to not have mm-hmm. to break leases and whatnot. But in my 11 years of a, being a military spouse, we've lived on base quote unquote one time, every other time. Wow. I've lived on base. Yep. Wow. Yep. So my child wants to live in base housing. Oh, funny. <laughs> yeah, he oh, goes up whenever we go on to Fort Bragg, he wants to live in housing because um, this is where, again, my military childhood is very different from his military childhood uh, because I always I grew up in, in housing areas and I, you know, grew up with a plethora of playgrounds and parks that we could go to and play at until the streetlights came on because I, mm-hmm. I can sit here and visualize what our last housing area looked like before my dad retired. And there was in the middle of all the stairwells, cause it was overseas. So it was the stairwell housing that was six apartments in these giant apartment buildings, right? These three story apartment buildings. And they had basements that had all the washer and dryers in them. And then you had a storage room in each of them. And then there was huh. like this uh, rec room, that could be used for whatever. It was supposed to be either used for meetings or something like that. Here's the really crazy part. All of the stairwells connected to all the buildings. So you could go. It sounds like a dorm. (laughs) It was. It was really cool. You could go from (laughs) one stairwell to the, like you could be in one building and go to another building and never actually walk outside. 
Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. That would be hard to stomach as an adult, I think. But as a kid, I can imagine that being really fun. <laughs> it was so much fun because we would ride our bikes down there when it rained. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they were, of course, the buildings were, you know, the the halls were wide enough because you had to be able to get huh. furniture in and out of those storage right? rooms. Mm-hmm. So they were wide. They were, it was massive. They were tall. It That's was a lot beautiful. of fun as a kid. And they all had windows. So it wasn't like it was this dank, basement scary, like, eat your face off horror movie, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, but I just, I remember that as a kid. And I remember that in kind of a, a horseshoe shape around this giant play area, which had a field, a playground, picnic tables, a little gazebo, um, were all of the buildings, were all of these stairwell, or part of them, because everything was kind of, Almost everything was set up that way. It was very similar all throughout housing. And it was really, really cool. Because from my parents' window, their kitchen window, they could see us outside playing. Yeah. And we could go right outside. I would take my brother. All of my friends in the building would be with us. All of my friends from another, you know, from all the other buildings would be there. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget. It was really cool because we also had um, in our horseshoe was the post commander's house and he used to come out and he, his kids were older. They were all teenagers and young adults. And so he would come out and play and, and, and get on the swings with us and the teeter totters and everything like that. Cause he really missed having little kids. That's so fun. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest pull for living on base, right? Is the community. I mean, you're, yes. a, you're kind of in this insulated for the most part environment you feel comfortable letting your children go out and play. And then you also have this common thread between all your neighbors. You know, you guys are all kind of living the same life. No matter what your place in that life is, you're still experiencing the same thing. And that's hard to duplicate um, off post. Yes. So what, what we have actually tried to do, and I guess we'll get into this a little bit more, but we've tried to help people identify what their community is, where their community actually is. Like, you know, the kind of fit you need for your family, or if you don't have a family, you know, whatever your, whatever your style is. And we want to try to help people understand that if you choose to live off post, um, where, where are you going to be most comfortable? Like what, where are you going to put your temporary roots down, so to speak? So exactly, exactly. So let's talk about Millie, what Millie is, what Millie does. And I remember you guys started out as something else before you became Millie. So you'll have to remind me of that because I can't yeah. remember. Because I remember it starting out under a different name. It did. So that was like this collision of two amazing worlds. And it, and it just was a great fit. So we had, um, there was a company called Agent Hero, which was run yes. by um, our CEO, Ken Robbins, and COO, I think um, Jason Dempsey, our titles tend to shift. Um, they started, they're two veterans, and they started Agent Hero. Um, they both had um, experience in the real estate world through friends and spouses and whatnot and recognized a need for a network of real estate agents who not only are familiar with the military lifestyle, because a lot of realtors can say, oh, yeah, we know how to cater to military families, but they didn't necessarily serve either by being a veteran themselves or being a military spouse. So we, they created a network of exclusive, um, exclusively veterans and military spouse real estate agents. So you can tap into one of them who they've actually PCS before, <laughs> you know, and they actually yeah. know the VA loan process and everything and just kind of know the pain. Um, so they had that. And then they met 
um, military property project, which was uh, created by Lauren Roethlisberger and Amy Schick. And they, their baby, so to speak, um, part of military property project was the scout project. Um, so yes, with, yes. I remember that. So military spouses across the country can sign up to be a scout um, so that they can be your boots on the ground when you're afar. So if you're looking at renting a house, you don't necessarily need a real estate agent. And a lot of times, you know, real estate companies won't necessarily delve into rental management or like helping you find a rental placement. Some do, but it's, you know, hit or miss depending on where you are. So you can hire a scout to go out and be your eyes and ears and nose in some cases (laughs) to go and look at a property for you. Um, if you don't have the disposable income to take a trip. And a lot of times, yeah, I mean, if you're talking cost country or even, uh, you know, overseas, so much better. It gives you so much more peace of mind to have someone that you have hired to give you an objective, um, some objective feedback on a property that you're thinking about signing a lease on or even buying. Um, and then they can also be useful when you leave a property. So if you have a home that you are leaving as a rental, they can help with some of the like duties that you know, changing, doing like walkthroughs and, and exchanging keys and things like that to save you the trip. So military property nice. project and agent hero combined and they created this umbrella, which is who we are today. And then we've added another um, pretty impressive resource. We think um, in our installation guides. So for about 12 months, we created processes and um, did focus groups with military spouses. We hired military spouses to do photography for us. We created custom maps and like legit commute tables uh, for over 70 installations across the country. So Holy bananas. That's a lot of installations. It's a lot. I mean, there's still plenty more to go. <laughs> we hear oh, yeah. Day, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course there are. You don't yeah. have this space, but we're working on it. Um, but yeah, so we have... Um, we have information or probably, I think it's like 75% of the active duty population has representation on the site in the installations that we've chosen to cover. So we have tackled some of the big areas too, like BC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's a the overwhelming thing to get orders to like Fort Belmar, the Pentagon or something like that. If you're not familiar with a big city, um, which I was not, <laughs> this is part of how yeah. I came across Millie because like, OMG, I had no idea how complicated yeah. living in an area like that is. I mean, for so many reasons. So we dove headfirst into that and we feel like we have a pretty comprehensive um, view. I mean, and it, and it's, our tone is really casual. It's really approachable. We kind of took the, the position of, okay, on my focus groups, I'll get on and I'm like, Hey guys, pretend like I'm your best friend. I'm moving to the area. Tell me everything. Tell me the good, That's the bad, perfect. the ugly. Right. Like, it's just a conference. We even call them like the neighborhood dish. Like, it's like, okay, tell me the, tell me the situation on this area. And we cover a variety of types of neighborhood. We don't show like partiality to any one place. Cause we know every, there's something different for everyone. Like if you're the kind of person, you know, let's say you need land cause you are into horses. We try to identify that. If you are a professional spouse or career minded spouse, and you need to know where the biggest city is that you have the best job potential or, you know, employment potential We'll tell you where that split the difference area is. You know, where do people live halfway to split the commute? Um, if you're single and you want to party, <laughs> where do you live? And if you 
have family, where do you not want to live? Because those kids are single and they want to party, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, no, that's so, a big deal. I mean, I loved it, it when we were childless in Europe. I got I can't lie. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I mean, we always talk, we, we call it lofty, my husband and I call it lofty living. Like, we wish we had lived in a loft at some point. <laughs> so when yeah. we retire, I think I owe him a loft in downtown something. <laughs> So, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I'm not gonna lie. It was it was a lot of fun. We did a lot of traveling. We went out a lot. Yeah, you know, it yeah, was, I bet it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it bet. was a lot of so, fun. Yeah, yeah. So we just we tried to we tried to basically our approach was like take like a dozen of the websites that you go to. You get your orders and you immediately go to the internet. Um, we kind of tried to condense everything that you would search for onto one place into one place. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not going to make your decision for you. Like you still need to kind of choose your direction and then do some more on your own, some more research. Um, we, yeah. identi- we try to identify the schools. And this is something that's near and dear to your heart. And we've talked about before. Um, we'll give you the school districts uh, for each neighborhood. And we choose to highlight anywhere from like six to eight neighborhoods per installation. And when we say neighborhoods, like you can't get hung up on that. Like <laughs> It could be an entire yeah. city. Um, but we try to we try to just give you the broad categories that people talk about when they say, okay, if you're going to live in if you're going to Fort Campbell, these are the areas that people live in, right? Like so, or something. It's not even necessarily an area. <laughs> so we try to we try to put it in terms that you'll recognize or on Facebook threads when you see people talking about it. Because you know, ah, for one okay. for one thing, like when it, when I started doing research, because I I like quote unquote mentally PCS every time I tackled a new installation and eventually they let me hire a team to do this because it, it, it turns into a lot of work um, oh I'm sure would, it does yeah oh my gosh yeah so we would we would sit down and I would be looking through reddit even um, you know like random forums to try to get like just what are people saying about this area and then I'm like okay but what does that area even look like like where are the boundaries for that area so we created oh. our own map I mean, and they're not, you probably won't find these maps anywhere because some of them we kind of, they're not real boundaries <laughs> sometimes. Oh. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. So we kind of give like general conceptual areas because I felt like that was the hardest thing to try to wrap my head around if I'm envisioning a new area or a new base. Okay, well, what do they even call, you know, what, what, and what do they call that area? And then where is it in relation to the base? And not only the base, but what's my husband's unit? Where, you know, Fort Bragg is huge. You can't oh, God, say, yeah. You can't say, oh, everybody loves Hope Mills or whatever, or Haymount. I live in Haymount. So everybody loves Haymount. Oh, oh, well, we're neighbors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we live in Haymount too. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> so, well, okay. So if your husband works at Camp McCall, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, some people do it, but that's, you no. need to know. And that's an hour. And, well, and here's the thing. So Jeremy actually works on Pope, right? right. Yep. Which is As Helen you can North. imagine, like, it's a bit of a commute for him. Right. But here's the crazy thing. With there only being one road, come, and with all sorts uh-huh. of construction now in Spring Lake, with all of the new construction that they have going on in Spring Lake with the new roads yeah. and the Murchison Bypass and everything, um, Trying to get over to Pope, you know, trying to get to Pope is actually not as difficult as it used to be. Right. It can take and him, it takes him 20 minutes and that's not a, a, a terrible commute. We have friends who live in Linden Oaks who work on Pope and it can take them sometimes twice as long to get from Linden oh, Oaks crazy. housing because there's so, that one road, highway 87. And if there's mm-hmm. an accident, it's shut down. 
Now, so imagine hearing this conversation like some of your listeners are right now, and they're like, I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about, but we're headed to Fort Bragg, and I'm a little concerned because she just said a couple of places that I've looked into or heard people talk about, but now she's introducing this traffic element that, I've never, that I don't understand. You could go to oh, the yeah. site right now and get a pretty good understanding of that traffic element or that distance element or whatever it is that we're talking about. So you see what I mean? Like the, the more you're familiarizing yourself with the areas and, it, and able to actually visualize what, what people are talking about is so yeah. helpful. It's so helpful just to help orient yourself. And then it'll help you because a lot of times we spend weeks or even months doing that once we get somewhere. Well, what if you can just go ahead and do it ahead of time? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, go ahead and get yeah, that yeah. out of the way. And then you can explore for pleasure, right? Instead of just like stressing out how to get to, you know, the near where's target, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what we try to do. And again, it all points back to trying to alleviate stress. If we can oh, help alleviate the stress of the PCS, it's our whole mission is helping to remove, alleviate, mitigate, whatever it is. If it's, if it's by having a scout, um, you know, hold your hand through this process and help you, you know, make a decision, an informed decision and give you a peace of mind because you can't go see the property or having an, a real estate agent who knows what it's like, you know, who knows the, the VA process who, or whatever, you know, whatever it is you're looking into knows the home value is not necessarily trying to, not that some would, but, you know, sometimes the military gets taken advantage of, or, you know, people get, military clients maybe get shuffled into a different neighborhood that they might not necessarily want, or, you know, like it's harder to, I don't know. It's just, it's so much better to have someone that you can relate to identify with. And then not only that, but still support your community. Right. Cause these are, these yeah. are veterans and military spouses. So, yeah. So you want to know how this was done when I was a kid? Please. This is going to make me sound super old. Okay. No. And I don't care, but this is how it was done when I was a kid. And it was really, it was so much fun, actually. It was really fun. Um, So we used to have sponsors, like for real sponsors. Right. Right. Okay. And, and they would pair you. So if you were a family of four, they would try to pair you with a family of four, usually of um, similar rank of the service member. Right. Mm -hmm. And we would pen pal for real pen pal. Oh my gosh. How fun. It was so much fun. Actually, that part was really cool. And I then you that. could go over to the family centers because they weren't called soldier support centers or ACS back then. All mm-hmm. that's all new and came about in the nineties. Um, <laughs> but you know, or gosh, probably even only about 15, 16 years ago with some of these newer names. Um, so you would go over to the family centers and you could check out VHS tapes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that Fun. public affairs had done of the installation, the schools and things like that, especially if you were overseas. So they would put, um, yeah, it was really cool. And it would be without a doubt, some of the cheesiest stuff you've ever seen. It'd be like, Oh, this is the chow hall and the food is yummy. The videos are still there. They're online now and they're still cheesy. (laughs) That's, That's kind of another thing we wanted to address. Like I, there are so many great resources out there. I'm not going to lie. Like there are tons of like government sponsored and, and, you know, all kinds of resources for PCSing and like installation guides and things like that. But they're really cumbersome to like, look, they're not aesthetically pleasing. (laughs) I mean, they're fine. It is what it is. It's information. Right. But we, we kind of felt like it could be pretty, like it could be displayed in like a fun way. And, and we take a lot of pride in our brand and, and how consistent everything is. Like, you know, you could, you could 
theoretically, you know, every time you PCS, still go to our website and see the, the same information. Like you have expectations of the same, seeing the same thing on every single page based on, yeah. you know, just through the lens of that installation. So yeah, I feel, yeah, I can imagine it was a lot of fun back then. <laughs> like having like crazy. literally nothing, only physical it, resources. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was so crazy. It was the craziest stuff you've ever seen. Like it was so goofy. And the other thing is, especially with overseas moves, is that, of course, we would have to get a different kind of license over there. You know, it wasn't, oh, nest, you know, yeah. um, you would have to get a use or a driver's license. And, of course, rules uh-huh. have changed now where you now have to have a valid stateside driver's license and things. But mm-hmm. so when I was in high school over there, the driving age here in America is 16. Overseas, it's 18. The compromise for American teenagers uh, was 17. Uh. <laughs> and I had to go through a German driving program. Yeah. And I had to do the German driving test, and the, and which was the user driving test. So I had to do a written sign test, and then an overall like a so a, a sign test on all the signs because the wow. Europeans love using signs, which was really cool. And I miss that actually to this day because that was my <laughs> driving experience, and that's mm-hmm. where I learned to drive was overseas. And it's and all so different I, here. How did you convert? Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was really, it was really, it was not easy. And so then I got my driver's license and everything. I remember moving back to the United States and going into the Virginia DMV. And man, I watched my mom do battle that day. And I mean, she did battle with such precision that I swear to you now, Patton would have been impressed. Okay. So that's where you get your advocacy from. (laughs) That's where I get my advocacy from. She went in there to that DMV and she said, this is a valid driver's license. It's been presented to my daughter from the federal government, from the department of the army and the department of defense. She has a valid driver's license, but it's now time to issue her a Virginia driver's license. And the woman was like, well, I don't understand what this license is. (laughs) I mean, this is just, you know, how long ago military kids really, I mean, it was, it wasn't easy for us when we were coming back from overseas. Right. I bet. Yeah. No. And I bet. so That's... my mom was like, I'd like to see the policy then that says that you can exclude this license and that this is not a valid license. And the woman just <laughs> sat there and went, what? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, That's I'd like awesome. to see the Virginia policy. I'd like to see the policy. Man, the manager came right over and he goes, so-and-so this is a valid driver's license. It just happens to be issued by the U S army to this young lady over here, which means they're stationed overseas. Wow. So yeah. That. And she, I mean, and, but she had never seen it before. Well, yeah. I mean, how, what, yeah. <laughs> we, we're, our percentages aren't growing. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. It's still and the this is back when the AFM idea. commercials used to tell us there's a million people overseas. Okay. Right. Because back then there were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a cool experience though, Susan. I love that. Yeah. I'd love to pick your brain sometime too about the differences, like the, the from then to today like how PCSing has evolved specifically it's that's, a lot so I think it's so much fun now like I thought it was fun when I was a kid because my mom really um she just made it sound like we were going to have the most fun ever I absolutely never knew if she hated where we were going I had no huh. I never knew um she never told me and um and and so I, I didn't know. I mean, everything always seemed like a lot of fun. When we were supposed to go to that location where the terrorists had blown things up and um, bombed housing, um, it was, I mean, I made it, she made it sound like we were going to have seriously the, the most fun ever there. Wow. It was going to be the greatest adventure ever of our lives. And that wow. is really, that's a big, that's, it really is, you know, there are times where I think about, 
gosh, I really have no desire to go to, and I can sit here and list mm-hmm. five oh, yeah. right now, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yep. but at the same time, it really is what you make of it. It's not, and I'm not going to use the cliches, the whole like bloom where you're planted, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> you know, for, I don't care about all that. I mean, and, yeah. and it's not that I don't care, but okay. The cliches need to stop. It really <laughs> is your attitude. It really it is your attitude. It completely is. It completely you is. Know? I agree. So my, Oops. our hardest, am I here? Yes. Okay. I thought I lost you for a minute. Sorry. Yeah. Our hardest PCS was actually one of the best on the looking back on it, but I had been rooted in Fayetteville for so long. Like we stayed here for like nine years during our first, we we left a couple of times for little short things, but um, for the most part, we were pretty stable geographically. And then we moved all the way to California and I was shook. Like (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, I'm moving so far away from home. I didn't travel much as a kid. So it was like really California was foreign to me as much as I now like long to go back. I mean, it was amazing that transition. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to be transparent with my children and you know, they're going to miss their friends. And you know what? I miss my friends too. So we were like sad together. It was horrible. Like now I, I tell people, I tell other, you know, parents who care to listen. I mean, she was only four. So, you know, it could have been a, a multitude of things that was on her mind at four, but she had, tough time transitioning and I always kind of come back to like I think I handled that wrong like I think there's value in being transparent with your feelings and like vulnerable and all that stuff but a kid needs you like your children need you to like set the tone and I totally set the wrong tone so going forward every move since then I'm like this is awesome (laughs) even though it's maybe not (laughs) still like and they've done just fine like we were not PCSing this summer which has been kind of a rarity for the past few years and my daughter's like, where are we going? Shouldn't we be packing? Like everybody else is packing. Why aren't we going anywhere? I'm like, no, we actually are going to stay put for another year. So it's, it's definitely something that our kids absorb, no matter like however you approach it. So again, it, well, and- if we can get people excited about their new community and like kind of cut through the BS and the, the, the bad reputations of places, can we say Fort Bragg has a bad reputation? Yeah. I think oh my can. gosh. Do you oh love my gosh, people thought we were crazy when we came here. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's totally true. And so that's kind of what we try to do. Like, and especially on all my calls, I'm like, okay, give me the positive stuff. You guys, like I've heard all the negative. Tell me why you like it. You know, like, let's try to dig that out so that people can look for that when they first get there, instead of having to like stumble upon it months and months and months in and like giving up that time, you know, like they're that emotional time that they're going to have to spend creating or finding their community or getting plugged into things they enjoy. Like we should, we just want to try to bypass that just a little bit and like show the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the process sucks, but it can be fun on the on the backside once you get settled. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. So when we first moved here, I you know, and I agree with what you're saying because when we first moved here, I mean, when I remember when we got a report no later than date and not orders, right? And we were leaving <laughs> off at Air Force <laughs> Base in Nebraska. Okay. Oh, wow. so, okay. So, we, I mean, you know, we're Air Force on an Army post. First of all, the people my husband worked with thought we were nuts, right? They were like, you guys are crazy. Why on God's green earth would you want to go to Fort Bragg? You know, he's going to deploy all the time. He's never going to be home, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, they're like, and it's Fort Bragg. Yeah. Uh Right? And Uh I said, are you kidding? I can't wait. I can't wait to, one, see trees again, okay? Because I'm in love with trees. Um, but Nebraska, the, the, just the, 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 the layout of Nebraska, it's a Plains state. So 
So there's not mm-hmm. trees. There's not a lot of trees. And it's not the greenest place as mm-hmm. coast as as the East Coast is. It's very plush. It's very green here. It's very humid. Right. And uh, being from the South, I wanted to be closer to home again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I and I missed trees. I really mm-hmm. did. Like that really drove me crazy. I really missed all Listen, the I trees that we were in California. Like we were in beautiful Monterey. Like they are I mean, gorgeous. a different kind of gorgeous. And I, I I said the same thing. The trees aren't like they're not the same. <laughs> they're not yeah. as green and abundant here exactly so that was a really my hardest PCS move actually was so I ended up working for the Department of the Air Force as a civilian overseas again Mm -hmm. and that's how I met my husband he was stationed over there and we were there for three years and then he got orders to off at Air Force Base in Nebraska and that was my hardest PCS Mm -hmm. even as a child um you know to include my childhood ones that was my hardest PCS. I had a job that I loved. Yeah. I, loved being in, I loved being in Europe with the cultural, mm-hmm. um, you know, being exposed to all of that phenomenal culture and food and just, I loved it. So to go from this beautiful area that I absolutely adored, that I considered home because we sp- I spent so much time over there as a child and into my teenage years. Uh, that was a really hard, hard move. And we get to Nebraska and everyone's like, oh, buy a house, buy a house, buy a house. I had no desire to buy a house in Nebraska. <laughs> Not because I didn't like it, but because yeah. I wasn't ready for that. Right. Yeah. Well, it's very you know, and everyone's like, it's a really yeah, great investment. Movement. Here's what they're doing. Right. Two years later was the housing market crash. And I'm so glad we oh, didn't buy a house. Oh, and had one stuck out there too. Like, oh, yeah. We yeah. probably have a scout there that can help you with that. <laughs> It, well, but you guys, you it, this was two, this was ten years ago now. So yeah. you know, um, yeah. so I remember we get there, and so we decide to take housing, and I will never forget. And I love the Air Force, but man, we are such a different branch at times. Mm-hmm. And people were like, "Oh, but the housing is just so ugly. Why would you want to live in it?" I'm like, "Because this is just temporary. We're right. here for four years. It's what right. I make of it on the inside. I don't care how the outside looks. I'm not taking care of it." I will right. mow my lawn. I'll plant some flowers. I'll make sure that there's no garbage in my yard and that there are no weeds. I'm yeah. not going to damage the inside of my home because I have to live with that. Yeah. But I will tell you this right now. I, this is, you know, I don't want to have to deal with rent and utilities. I just want to pay our housing allowance and be done with it. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and it's, and we get a lot of snow. So I also know that, we had to deal with, you know, snow removal. And I didn't want to have to wait for roads and for um, all the snow removal and everything. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I got to let you, I got to give you a minute. Give me a minute because we have to do a commercial. So we have um, sponsorship through Armed Forces Insurance. Yay! When I'm on base, I'm known as Staff Sergeant Cooper. But at home, Daddy! Hi, Dad. Daddy! Hi. I'm known as Dad, and I wouldn't have it any other way. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote, or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. And we're back. Yay! 
Okay, we have Kelly here today with us on the show. Dave is traveling to Stuttgart, Germany, and we have Kelly here on the show with us today from Millie, and we're talking PCS season. Yep. Yay. Yay movie. Okay, so I got a really funny story for you about our move to Nebraska and actually our neighbor. So, and this is, again, this is going to be why I liked, now, even though this was, it was a personally tough move for me, um, it turned out to be one of the most rewarding moves. So it really is, you got to make, you know, you got to like what you, you know, you know, you got to try, right? Right. So our neighbor, Amanda, who I'm still friends with to this day, okay, she was my neighbor in housing when we lived in Nebraska, she gets there probably a month before we do. She gets her housing unit. Yay. But she had to take it fast because her cat decided to crawl into her dresser and get PCS from McGuire Air Force Base, Fort Dix area, halfway across the country, and for seven days was trapped in her dresser wow. in a moving van. Wow. <laughs> so did they just think the cat went missing? Like, um, she actually, she was like, oh shoot, the cat is missing. And they figured out what happened <gasps> um, because he used to hide in her dresser and she oh, figured no. it out. She thought she had gotten him and, um, he had gotten out of the room he was in because one of the movers opened the door, let him out and he went and hid in the dresser. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that's going to go on our next tip list. Like make yeah. sure your animals are accounted for. <laughs> exactly. Insane. So that was so, and that's the thing. So, and I will never forget as we moved from that location, um, our neighbors were also moving at the same time. So our houses were being packed out right at the same time. They uh-huh. were going to Camp Lejeune, and we came here to North Carolina to Fort Bragg, right? And uh, boy, their moving company was not a good company. They were actually strapping their furniture to the back of the van. I've seen that picture. <laughs> yeah. That meme. <laughs> oh, no. oh, yeah. And oh, there I God. am with my newborn baby, seriously, my six-week-old yeah. baby, and I'm carrying him, and there's Dawn. I'll never forget this. My neighbor Dawn, and she just plops down in the grass and starts crying. Oh, my God. I've been there. And I, I know. <laughs> yep, and there I am with my newborn baby. I plop down in the grass next to her, and I sat there because, you know, you got all those hormones because yep. you just had a baby, and I start crying with her. All the fields. No, it's it. That's probably the only part that the 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 government you know actually supplies for us is the truck and the movers, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that's the help that we get. And it's funny because it, like I think the the civilian perception the military move is that it just all happens. With, you know, like they yeah. take care of everything for us. And in reality, all we get is the mover and the truck. And I would say ninety nine percent of the time, that's probably the most stressful component. And that's the one we have absolutely no control over. Like, you're just a number and a cog in the system. I mean, unless you do a ditty, I guess, which bless those brave souls. I don't know how. But some people make that work for them. It is, like, I have friends, like, especially this season, we've had, like, four friends move, and they're constantly coming to me. Kelly, oh, my God, how do I deal with this? How do I do this? Is it supposed, are they supposed to do this? Why won't anyone return my calls? Um, Where is my stuff? They didn't do an inventory. I mean, like, just even just this season, I've heard some of the craziest stuff that, that the companies get away with and I get it, you know, like they're having to really underbid themselves to get the contracts and it's a crazy busy season, but it's just like baffling how incredibly stressful and like seemingly haphazard it all is. Um, so yeah. Some, someone well, needs to. And, and <laughs> as you're like, wait a minute, not only are you moving us, but now you've sent us to a, 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 a contractor who has really underbid. Right. 
Yeah, and they correlate too. Let's be real. I mean, they're not paid well. Okay, they're not, and these people are not paid very well. These movers, these packers, are not being paid very well. And now half my stuff has been broken or stolen. Uh huh. And I'm supposed <laughs> to be excited about this? Yeah, we'll file a claim, Susan. <laughs> exactly, because that always Could works out. I mean, that, I saw, you know. My friend yeah. Aaron, who um, who has the Brawless podcast, yeah, when they did Aaron. their last PCS move. Uh, from when her husband retired, they did their last PCS from Arizona to Florida. I think they had thousands of dollars worth of damage, you know, sixteen yeah. to eighteen thousand dollars worth of damage, mm-hmm. and the Marine Corps gave them five grand. Stop it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I usually do file a claim. Well, so I put it this way: I tell all my friends this too. Like, if they're being respectful, if movers in the company are respectful to me and to my stuff, then I will let a lot slide because it does. It's yes. just this stuff. Stuff's gonna break. But I point out my cherished pieces, and if they are rough with those pieces or if they come out damaged, I'm like, go get the form, file a claim. And typically, I've been fairly successful with my claim situation, but I have heard countless stories just like that with, like, tens of thousands, like, 20. I had a friend whose motorcycle wasn't properly secured in the truck, and it, like, fell over. It was totaled. It's like a $20,000 bike, you know, and they were Mm. just like, I mean, you know, like, all, and, and just the fight. It's just such a fight, you know, to get what, oh, anyway. Yeah, it, it, well, and that's the part, and so that's the part of moving, though, that I think is the most stressful is what kind of condition totally. is my stuff going to show up in? Totally. Or where is it? Are we Okay, okay. So coming from Virginia to Fort Bragg, which we did last year, just Fort Belvoir to Bragg. Easy move, right? It's a five-hour drive. <laughs> it shouldn't be that complicated. Door to door. Shouldn't be complicated. It, it was the worst one I think I've ever had. <laughs> they, that they does not surprise me. Shipment. They split my shipment um, for some reason. The guy showed up with a truck that was like, I swear to God, I could have rented a bigger U-Haul myself. Like, it was tiny. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a five-bedroom house. What, is your, what are you thinking? I told him that he pulled up. That's not going to fit. And he was like, oh, it will. Trust me. I'm like, it's not going to fit. So it didn't all fit. But he didn't let me choose, like, what he was going to take versus what they had decided for me to split up into another shipment. Um, so I had a bookshelf show up at my house in Fort Bragg, um, with no shelf, right? I had my daughter's mattress, but no box spring, you know, like random stuff that I went to storage just downtown, literally three miles from my house. I could fit to it and they wouldn't release it for like six weeks. That's crazy. Weeks. I called every day. My poor move coordinator. I was like, I'm sorry. I had her name. I was like, I called her every single day. Hey, checking in. When are you going to let my stuff go? You're calling me hostage. Well, we can't, you know, like on and on and on. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. It is crazy. So now here's our smoothest move, though. It was not my most favorite move. Our smoothest PCS was actually from Germany to Nebraska because so going back to how long things took when I was a kid, but we weren't moving during PCS season. That's the thing. So my husband typically moves in October. Right. If you're off, okay. yeah, if you're off season, you're good. Like usually yeah, those so we're, we're, we have, every time we've PCS, we've always been off season. It's always been the good. fall. Yeah. The that's kids nice. are already in school, you know, um, right. everything, you know, it's, 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 it's very quiet. Right. And so, um, and I have to say, I prefer to either, I would prefer to either PCS in October or in April, um, which is another time I've seen people move. And I remember that as a kid was like, we had always, we had fall and spring moves too. Um, so I'm going back to how it was when I was a kid where you had to overseas, especially you had to six to eight weeks in advance mm-hmm. yeah. schedule your move. 
And that was our, those were our suspense dates. Those were the suspense dates my husband was given. So it was great. And because we were coming from an overseas location, my dad who lives here, who lives in North Carolina said, well, I will be your stateside POC. I'm super pumped. He was so excited. He's like, I haven't PCS in 30 years. This is exciting. I was like, Oh dad, (laughs) it was really cute. Right. I mean, yeah. It was, and so we gave him up. We we did a special power of attorney for him, mm-hmm. so he had the ability to answer questions or do anything, or you know, cool. even though he was in here in North Carolina and we were going to Nebraska, he was our POC. So our stuff was moved out of our place in Germany beginning of August, right? And we like beginning mid August, right? So no, yeah, like right around that time frame. And so our stuff was already was packed up and moved and we were told it wouldn't end up in Nebraska until sometime in the middle of September. And that's fine because we were leaving mid September. We were leaving Germany Mm -hmm. two, three weeks later, Nebraska transportation calls up my dad and says, (laughs) hi, may we speak to Sergeant Reynolds? And he goes, well, I'm sorry. He's still stationed overseas. And the guy gets kind of flabbergasted and he goes, Am I speaking to, you know, Colonel Harvey Benz, his, his stateside POC? And my dad goes, yeah, you sure are. I'm his father-in-law. What can I help you with? We have his stuff. And my dad goes, young man, what are you talking about? You have his stuff. He's still overseas. Young man, I, are you sure? You know, young man. Yeah, yeah. And um, he goes, yes, sir. It got here really fast, three weeks. It took three weeks for our belongings wow. to leave Germany and to be shipped halfway across the country. I mean, that's a record now, isn't it? I've never <laughs> even, I was like, what? Shut the front door. <laughs> that's door, door for real. Oh, man. I mean, that has never, I, I mean, I, 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 was, I was blown away. That's awesome. And so my dad sends us an email, and he's like, hey, can you call me? And we call him. And he's like, yeah, your stuff is in Nebraska. They're putting it in storage. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What wow. are you talking about, Dad? What are you talking about? <laughs> and so he yeah, had to I, call. He called the transportation office in Germany. They called over to the transportation office in Nebraska. The guy was like, "Yeah, man, we got your stuff here. It's already shown up. All your household goods, your unaccompanied baggage, everything's here." Wow. We noticed you weren't shipping a car. Do you need to ship a car? Because that might take a while. He's like, "No, we're not shipping a car." <laughs> oh, okay. I mean. Strike while the iron's hot, though, right? Like, yeah, we were like, maybe we should buy a car really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, I've heard, I've heard, actually, I've heard decent things about overseas moves, um, mainly because they crate your stuff. And then, and you're right, like the expectation, it's gonna take a while. Like you know that yeah. going into it. The the trouble, I think, where it gets really stressful, especially for me personally, I've always tried to do door to door moves, um, just because I don't want my stuff going in storage. I don't, I don't yep. know why. I've just kind of always had that, like, no, I'm gonna rush and beat y'all here. And then, then you're kind of at the driver's mercy. And sometimes they're great, and sometimes they're not. Like, I'm gonna break down in Texas, where my family so happens to live, around the holiday. Like, we PCS over Christmas one year, <laughs> and our driver Ugh. curiously broke down, you know, the week before Christmas for like five days, and we're stranded in California, um, and our stuff arrived on Christmas Eve which is fun. That's really fun. Um, so we had to accept our household goods on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Luckily oh, wow. we had friends and, you know, we were able to kind of, anyway. So yeah, it's just an unknown with it. So here, you know, the point is like that part, we can't do anything about, I don't know if anybody really can. It's just, it just stinks. Um, so at least if you know more about where you're going, 
you're confident in your decision of the house you've chosen, the neighborhood you've chosen, you know, you've had some, some trusted information provided to you or, you know, people, knowledgeable service providers that have been helping you out along the way, you can at least tuck that away, right? Like the apprehension for that component of your move, which all of these moves are significant. I don't care how far or how close you are to where you're going, like always a big deal. Um, emotionally, whatever, psychologically, all of that. At least you can, at least we can help with that. So we're just trying to encourage people to, you know, tap into our services and tap into our resources. Um, and a lot of them are free. Like all of these installation guides that we talk about, it's, it's just like Google. I mean, it's completely free. We don't even ask for your email address. Use it. It's out there, <laughs> you know, and we actually are introducing sponsorships on the page. So some of the people in our local communities, specifically here in Fort Bragg, um, local business owners are, are starting to realize the, the impact of being able to help sponsor our content and say, we support military families and we want to help Millie continue hosting this content free of charge for military families. So they're purchasing sponsorships. Um, they're also able to get their businesses in front of um, incoming military families, once again, who are going to spend weeks and months trying to figure out their new duty station and surrounding area. Like, okay, I'm coming to Fort Bragg. I hear Fort Bragg sucks. I'm going to go to Millie. Oh, actually, Fort Bragg doesn't seem so bad. These areas seem like our family would really jive with. And oh, not only that, look, cool coffee shop. I should hang out there because that's what I like so much about Fort Campbell was blank coffee shop, right? Like, so we're just starting to see the value in that. Um, just being able to, once again, plug in and connect military families with their local communities so that they can just skip over some of that pain, <laughs> right? Like it's just, the sooner you get plugged into your community, the sooner you realize what types of resources are out there for you, the more yeah. like, smoothly it's going to go. So, Well, and you know what I think is, has become so cool about military spouse life and military life now. And we, you know, like it, hate it, feel, you know, feel, uh, you know, lukewarm about mm -hmm. it is social media has really helped connect mm -hmm. people, you know, yeah. and, um, <laughs> you know, it's, in, you know, what I, what I find interesting is that, um, you know, I love the peer to peer component, but it's very, you've, you've got to walk a fine line with that peer to peer component because mm -hmm. I have, I'm a, a member of many groups, especially special education and disability and EFMP groups. And boy, everyone has a different answer. Right. Totally. You know, and, um, totally. and I'm, a, and, and I'm a person that goes, I like to go straight to the horse's mouth. So I have purposefully researched Air Force policy in regards to EFMP. Hmm. And I have connected with people who are part of overall Air Force EFMP and asked them to send me policies, right? Mm -hmm. Send yep. me the policy about X, Y, and Z. I want to see this in writing. Not because right. I'm trying to be disagreeable, but because I want the right information. Oh, so God. I love peer yeah, to peer. You're going to get every interpretation <laughs> yeah. available online. Yeah. yeah. So I love totally. peer to peer, but at the same time, not everyone does that. So I ha I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm skeptical when it comes time to the peer, peer to peer, because somebody, you know, people think I, you know, I remember when people, when I told people after we had been here a couple of years, they were like, I can't believe you like it there so much. It's so <laughs> it's, they're like, it's, so military i'm like yeah that's exactly what i like about it though oh yeah you know, like and, I, and there's pockets that aren't you know like yeah it's just, it, 
there's plenty. There's something literally for everyone. Yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, I really, um, so my experience at Offit wasn't great. It just wasn't great. I didn't have a very good experience there. And it wasn't the unit. It wasn't the people. Right. It was the overall, the military experience there. I really felt like, as a spouse, that they forgot that they were military. It mm-hmm. felt like a Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 duty station. Yeah. And, um, and I had come from overseas where the operations tempo was a little bit higher, where we were volunteering a lot with mortuary affairs uh, to mm-hmm. help families and those who actually worked in mortuary affairs, help them do their job. Maybe not the full part of their job, but mm-hmm. things like we would bring, cause I worked in, I worked in MWR. So we would bring um, bag lunches, like box lunches out, especially when we had a lot of casualties coming right. in from Iraq and Afghanistan, we would have box lunches. We would send out to the mortuary affairs people who were working really hard and not able to get anything to eat at two o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning. Cause nothing was open. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so, I mean, I was used to this very, like, this very military supportive installation because, of course, Ramstein Air Force Base overseas, it's going to be like that, right? Yeah. And sure, I ran into some frustrations dealing, you know, some frustrations over there because, of course, at 9 a.m. when I'm trying to get a new ID card, it would be down in the Pentagon for updates, which meant I wasn't getting an ID card that day, (laughs) you know, because the whole system was down for updates. Because right. it's three o'clock in the morning in the Pentagon and they can do that. Right. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. those frustrations of being overseas at times definitely got to me, but I was used to this very robust family and supportive, but I really liked that ops tempo, like that tempo. Yeah. I, I thrived in it. I didn't mind yeah. the, 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 I didn't mind everyone digging in because, because the cosmetic stuff, the fluff fell away. Right. Oh yeah, you know, well, the little patty, like, the little fights, kind of the little the the, the shenanigans right. weren't yeah. there because we really yep. were that mission focused, right? Yep. Yeah. And so when we got to off it, and I felt like their mission was so different there, and it wasn't a mission that I was in, incredibly familiar with, and we didn't have a lot of people deploying like that. And then the Air Force had not done their FRG program or their Key Spouse program was not an Air Force wide program at that point. Hmm. So. That was a really, like, for me, that move was really difficult because I came in gung-ho, ready to go. You know, this is where I volunteered. This is the troops. These are the troops we've helped. There's this deployment processing center. We used to do this and volunteer with them, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. None of that was there. Oh, yes, there's a void. And, I get it. And it yeah. was such a massive void. It was yeah. really tough. And because of that... I was very unhappy there. No matter how much I tried to like it, it was a tough, tough yeah. move. You yeah, know, and, and I mean, yeah, and, and you just like have that. those moves sometimes, you know. But that's, so when that's we came here, oh. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but what, so when we came here and we got back around this, I mean, I thought the ops tempo was 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 exciting in Europe, right? And at Ramstein, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> come to Fort Bragg. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a whole different right. kind of operations tempo. And it was one of those things where I sat back and I watched as we got here. We've been here almost seven years now. We got here in 2010, Iraq and Afghanistan were still yep. just rocking and rolling. We yep. had troops just coming and going just, yep. I mean, and the FRGs were like something I had never seen before. They were like this mythical unicorn that all of a sudden came to life. 
Right. And no, I, I've been here since I was six. So yeah, I, I yeah. get it. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Like I was like baptism by fire. Like the minute yeah. we got married, he was gone. I was like, what in the world? But it's true. I mean, there's like an actual community that kind of pulls together in times like that, like in stressful situations yes. and that not to keep, well, to keep coming back to it. We do try to identify like the cultural kind of um, good style. So, so that, you know, Fort Bragg has a high op tempo or like, Fort Campbell, or some of the, or where some of the SF groups are, you know, like understand if you want to live far away in this beautiful suburb, that's great. But the op tempo is really high. Depending on what your husband does, he could be working super long hours. It's like DC, they work long hours just for whatever reason. I don't care what you're doing. If you're anywhere in DC, you're going to work crazy long hours in a basement somewhere. So you need to understand. <laughs> you compounded with his job, her job, whatever, but um, all these other things are going to affect your quality of life consider that when you're choosing yes. a place to live if you need to spend a little more money on a way smaller house to get and we do this actual for dc we did this cool like um graphic that shows you like commute versus home size versus price right like nice. there's you're going to give up something right but that yes. that didn't translate the same in hawaii we did oahu no. too because there's a ton of bases out there your concerns there are totally different in Hawaii. Well, not really. There's still like the traffic, but understanding the weather patterns, you know, or like the the climate, the culture, you know, in Hawaii. Like those are things that are gonna you when you get there, you go through the shock phase. Or like if you've never if you're not from the South, coming to Fort Bragg might be a shock. <laughs> you know, it's very yeah. So okay, let's talk about that. What does that look like? What does that mean? Like please don't get in a hurry at the grocery store. You need to stop and say hello. Like <laughs> that's those are things that you're going to, you're going to either on your own or you're going to hear nasty rumors about. Um, so let's just pull the layers back. It is what it is. This is where you're going to, this is, these are things you need to understand just to go ahead and get it out of your system. Like, and then, and then you'll be able to adjust more quickly. So even if it's related to the base, like there are, yeah, there are some, there are some postings that are not amazing, but here's the bright side, <laughs> you know, like here's how yeah. to compensate for that. Here's what we've heard other spouses say that they do or they, you know, get involved in to try to help manage the lack of whatever. Um, and those all, like you said, it comes straight from peer to peer contact, all of our focus groups. And we wouldn't exist if it weren't for, you know, social media and Facebook and whatnot, because yeah. that's where all of yeah, those of course, conversations yeah. take place. So we tap into all of our networks, um, which, you know, you can imagine we have many, you know, 10 degrees of whatever. And people have been so eager to jump on board and contribute information and just, you know, like just help us out with helping other spouses out or families out. And then, and then on the peer to peer side, we also turn around and fact check everything. <laughs> you know, we're not going to. That's gonna, good. You have to yeah. do that though. You know, you no, really no, do. You just, have to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, because we want to make sure that it's consistent with, with what we're putting out, we're not trying to like blast any particular area as being like, don't live there. Some people need yeah. to live there budget wise yeah. or whatever the, whatever the case, like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you where, where people like in that area, even though it may not be ideal for some, definitely do your research on, you know, crime statistics or things like that. But there's, there are little gems to be found here too. So we try to give like exactly. as broad of a representation as possible um, so that people, you know, can find what fits their budget, fits their style, can make their ha family happier more quickly. And then from there, you know, we obviously encourage people to either utilize one of our agent heroes or a scout to help just that last little piece of, you know, okay, well, I think I have a couple of houses picked out. 
can you just go and tell me if it's right underneath the flight plan of, you know, the blah, blah, blah airport. <laughs> oh, you got it. Okay. And then you do have to worry yeah. about that because those planes are loud. Those planes are loud. Okay. Hey, I got to do one more commercial break for us. Okay. So let me do that really fast. Okay. Okay, cool. When I'm with the fleet, I'm known as Petty Officer Lopez, but at home. Honey, can you get this down for me? I'm just Tony and that's fine with me. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote, or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. I really like those AFI commercials. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> they really are good, aren't they? I'm like, yeah, hey, AFI, thank you for that. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad that you guys do some background research on the peer-to-peer stuff. That's really important because you have to, because just because one person had a bad experience. And here's the thing, and this is what, it's so funny, because even though I, I didn't enjoy my time with the actual installation, I still tell people, the positives about off at Air Force right. Base. That's the crazy right. part. I'm like, look, you got a kid who um, is EFMP, or as an adult, you are EFMP. You are registered with EFMP, right? The medical care in that area is some of the best I've yep. hands down ever seen. The yeah. schools in Nebraska are some of the best I've ever seen. I was getting oh, my teaching certification when I was uh-huh. out there. So I got to do student teaching in their schools. And I didn't have my son yet. So, and, and so I was there childless and, but I still knew these are very, very good schools. Um, Omaha, Nebraska itself has a lot to do, you know, Um, and it's very family oriented. It's very walkable and it, there's just a lot going on. But for me, the biggest, the biggest drawback to that area was the snow. Holy bananas! That's See? no and about. For some, I that like, might be that might be a total plus for someone, right? Yeah, like, some people really like my husband. That was a plus. He loves the snow. Really? He loves no, winter. I don't do it either. No. Yeah, I'm so anti-snow. So <laughs> you know, yeah. So when we have friends who just we had a couple of friends just move from um, the Eglin Air Force Base area, right, to oh, Colorado Springs, and <laughs> oh, they moved move, in. Though. Okay. You know, great move, two great yep. locations, right? But they were like, hey, it's mid-May and we're getting snow in Colorado. <laughs> I'm like, ha, ha, ha. But I, that yeah. would kill me. That would hurt me yeah. to my core, right? Like that would oh. be a very, people are like, I would kill to live in Colorado Springs. I'm like, um, I'd have to think about that one. To I be very too, honest, honestly, because the weather is, a, yeah, the it's weather hurts me. Like that, oh. We were in D.C. for the, um, well, we were in Virginia for the blizzard a couple years ago. And my husband oh, can be no, he had ankle surgery the day of the blizzard. So guess oh. who got the shovel? I've never seen snow that accumulated. I'm not kidding. Like I like an inch or two and it melts and that's great. Yeah. I had to shovel <laughs> feet, feet of snow. Of snow. Like yes. daily. And thank God his mother is from New York. He grew up in New York. So he's like, okay, you got to do this and this and this. Hey, as he- um, I'm like <laughs> murdering him in my mind. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, thanks a lot for your ankle surgery. Sorry you're in pain, honey, but I'm I'm going to hurt you now. Yeah, I'm like, can't we just not go anywhere? He's like, no, it'll, like, mess everything up. You have to shovel it in the sidewalks and whatever. It was awful. I had vowed. It was awful. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I used to, and I, but, and we used to have snowing parties. So my neighbors were so great. So one of my neighbors, his name is Greg. Well, now he's no longer in. 
um, but his name was Greg. And he got so excited that he bought a snowblower, right? He was so excited. <laughs> and so I had gotten home from work. My husband was TDY, like in pre, you know, training to deploy, right? Mm-hmm. It snowed like eight inches. Okay. And then mm-hmm. we were still calling for more snow overnight, but you had to get rid of that initial first snow so you could salt your sidewalk. Right. Right. <laughs> I am not kidding. I was out there and this is back when I used to smoke too. So I was out there with a cigarette hanging out of my mouth, a six pack of beer in the nice. snow. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what was it from awesome. Christmas vacation that, you know, like Uncle Eddie? I was like Uncle Eddie out there, okay? Yeah. Just not oh my, my, God, my yes. ugly boxers, right? Okay. That would have been a great post. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was so funny. Greg comes Instagram? by with his snowblower, and I look over, and I have this beer in my hand. Uh, you know, I put You're down my hand, and I was like, what's <laughs> up? And he was like, oh, good grief. He's like, let me do this, because I just got a snowblower, and I'm super yeah. pumped. He was so excited. And he got my yard, he got my next-door neighbor Kevin's yard, he got my other next-door neighbor Amanda's yard, I mean, our sidewalks and everything, wow. and our driveways. And all we had to do was just put down the salt afterwards. Oh, it was so nice. funny. So it was it. so funny. He goes, hey, you got an extra beer for me? I'm like, here you go. It's in my snow want- right now. It's keeping it yeah. cold, right? It is a hard, that is hard work. I, we called oh it a CrossFit gosh. work because we were missing, like we were doing CrossFit at the time. And I was like, okay, shovel out for time. Like, every, yeah. like, every few hours, we'd have to go out and do more. Like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I remember awful. one year when my husband was deployed, uh, that then he did deploy and we had, I had to shovel the driveway and everything like that. And um, I had shoveled, I had spent hours because there was so much snow, hours out there. I come inside, I'm all red-nosed and rosy-cheeked, and I'm having my cup of hot cocoa, and then the snowplow goes by and dumps all the yes. snow back on my sidewalk. Yes. I am not kidding, Kelly. Right? I chased that man down. <laughs> I did. Yes. I go storm. I'm like, my cat's on my lap. I threw her off my lap, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, and I, go, I guess there's there's a hack to that though. You're supposed to park your car a certain way at the end of your driveway so that it doesn't je- mess up. I did, all yeah. the things you learn. <laughs> yes. In a blizzard. Well, I was so mad. The guy was like, "I'm so sorry," because I was like, "Hey, I just shoveled oh. that. You put it back." And he was like, "I'm I'm really sorry. I'll come and clear it." I was like, "Right now, you'll clear it right now, <laughs> right That's now." Awesome. And awesome. I gotta tell you, after that. When they came by our street and they had to go around that corner, they always had the snow going into the opposite yard across the street where no oh, one lived. See? Yeah. Yep. There you go. That yeah. was that was one thing too. We when we the neighborhood we lived in in Virginia evidently had some VIPs uh, that needed to get out. So it was funny to see which streets got plowed and which ones didn't. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> like luckily we were on like the exit of the neighborhood, so we got plowed. It was good. But oh my goodness, that snow totally that snow was so terrible out there though. And then it, you know, yeah. Northern Virginia gets it too. Yep. 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 Yeah. But here's thing where Nebraska. Here's where Nebraska is smart. They know they get snow like that, right. so they know how to handle it, right? right? Here in North Carolina, we're like, we might 
maybe could possibly get half an inch and it will melt within an hour. Shut down yeah. the state. Shut down everything. My last time my husband first got married because we yeah. were here and it snowed and he's from New York. So he used to have to do the sidewalks and everything. And it snowed and I'm like sitting on the couch like, oh, it's so pretty. And he's, he's getting like shovels and like freaking out. He's like, oh my God, we got to, sh-, you know, and he's out there shoveling like the slush out of the driveway. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, you got to get it. You know, it's already dumped the first time. If we get more, you know, doing the thing, like, then we got to put salt down and all that. I was like, honey, this is North Carolina. Like, it'll just go away. <laughs> like, yeah, it just goes and, away. And then, and then so while he's on the couch laughing at me as I'm shoveling, he's like, it goes away, huh? I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> I don't like it. So a consideration oh. of ours when we put in our list of where to go. Alaska has never really been on mine, probably for that. No. I don't think no. Nebraska's a choice for us anyway. So, but again, no. if you yeah. have orders, you know you're going. You're not getting out of it. Let's try to find the positive. So, even though, you, like you say, you had a bad experience or didn't love it, you don't want to taint someone else's experience. So, yeah, as a supportive military spouse, and I love that you do that. Like, let's go. And that's kind of again, that's the tone we try to take. Like, we don't have a lot of choice in our lives, especially this no, life. We don't. Like. Yep. You're told where to go, told who to be, told how to act. A lot of times, you know, where to work, where not to work, all this stuff. So if we can, you know, spin it <laughs> or take a little bit of control, at least in our attitude or our perception of what we're having to do, um, then it can alter your, you know, your entire mindset. So I love that. It That's really great. can. It really, really can. And you know what? It wasn't, it wasn't that, but I, it was funny that because I think back to that time when we were in Nebraska and when we were in Germany and there's, I, you know, I think about the friends that I made there and they are seriously some of the best friends I've ever made in my entire life. And uh, that I, I, you know, I would love to see them again. Um, Mm -hmm. They were that amazing. Those are, they are some of those amazingly wonderful people where it, it may not have been the kind of duty station I prefer to be at as a military spouse, but it doesn't mean that it was entirely bad. It just wasn't my cup of right. tea. It wasn't my yeah. kind of, yep. of military. It was, I like that high ops tempo, even though I am stressed and I'm tired and I'm ready for a break. Here's yeah. the crazy part. I could leave Fort Bragg for six weeks and go and hang out on an air force base right now. Okay. And I, I would <laughs> roll around in the grass and everything just to get <laughs> totally reblued. Right. And, and get all air force again. Right. <laughs> Sorry, so I'm going to let me do that, right? Let, get the army funk off you. and go. Yeah, get, let me let me stop being such an army spouse because I have become quite quite a bit of an army spouse since we've been here, right? I don't, and I know that when I'm around other Air Force spouses, I can tell I don't fit in as well as I used to because I don't speak oh. as much Air Force as much as I yeah. used to, right? Yeah. Because I'm very much the whole like, look, we've got people who are going to some very scary locations. What's your, what's your issue here? What's going on? Right. You know, I'm right. very cut and dry. Like, let's get to the point. Let's solve this problem. Right. Let's go. Right. right. You know, <laughs> seven years at Fort Bragg will do that to it you, you know? That. Yeah. I can so imagine. I, but I, I know that once we move away from here, I am really going to miss it. Like I'm yeah. really going to miss this place because this yep. place, it put me through the ringer 10 times over. I've had mm-hmm. some of the hardest things ever happened to me in my entire life as a military yeah. spouse. No, your story's crazy. No, I've, you know, I remember yeah. you telling you. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, and I mean, have. the craziest things have happened to me here. Some of the most traumatizing incidents of my entire life, the yeah. loss we have faced as a family, um, yeah. you know, the multiple surgeries that I've had to have to fix something mm-hmm. that Womack didn't fix. Right. right. You know, 
just those kinds of things. But I still love it here. I still love the esprit de corps. I yeah. love when I see when I see that 18th Airborne Corps Sky Dragon. I'm, I get choked up. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I'm like, oh, this sky dragon. How exciting. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's core. I love core. Core is awesome. They're so amazing. Aww. You know, blah, blah. I mean, like when I see the, the all American symbol, I'm not kidding. I get very choked up. It's Aww. funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. And people yeah, are like, wait like, a minute, you're an Air Force spouse. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure yeah. I am. It's just that yeah. family. And, and, and again, I think the stressful things that we go through in life help forge like tighter bonds with people in, those, oh, yeah. in similar situations. It's like a pressure cooker of, of oh, yeah. relationships. You know, oh, I know. I know. Like, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's so awesome. Funny. Also, you, you will miss it when you leave. I missed it. Oh, exactly. I know so I will. excited and to I come back. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I always want, I never want to leave here though. That's what's so funny. Yeah. I know we have to, it's better for my husband's career, but I do love I love, I love it here. I love, again, yeah. I love the Esprit de Corps. So yeah. a couple years ago, my husband was like, hey, there's this position that's opened up over um, with the store unit at Fort Campbell. And I looked at him and I was like, we can't go to Campbell. Oh, hilarious. You can. You can totally go to Campbell. My husband said the and same goes, thing to me too. And I was like, why wait, wait, can't wait. we go to Campbell? Okay. So this is the funny, this is how army I've become, right? Because why can't we go to Campbell? Campbell's great. I was like, oh, I know I've been to Campbell, but we can't go to Campbell. He's like, what is wrong with you, Susan? Why can't we go to Campbell? I said, that's the 101st, and they're not real airborne. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> I was like, I am 82nd all the way. I said, I am Division oh Royal. Goodness. I was like, I am 282nd now. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't be a part of the Screaming Eagles. Oh, I said, because they're just really air assault, okay? <laughs> and he looked at me. You should have, he goes, I'm in the Air Force. Yeah, I'm in the Air Force. <laughs> And I said, yes, oh. I recognize what your job is. I know who you are. I live with you. I'm married to you. And I said, but Jeremy, I said, when you go there, they're going to expect you to go to air assault school because you'll have to for your right. job. And he's like, yep. yeah. And I said, and you're going to be doing, I said, it's the store unit. So it's going to be a little bit different, a little bit funky. And I said, and, um, and I said, and Campbell is great. I lived there when I was a kid. I loved Campbell. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, and I do, I love Campbell. I think was, Campbell's it's amazing. Yeah, but it's I have so to, funny. Yeah. I'm so division loyal now, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, that's not going to work for him, though. <laughs> no, he looked at me, he goes, but if I have to get the Screaming Eagle patch, then I have to get the Screaming Eagle patch. I'm oh. like, it's acceptable then. And he just that's looked funny. at me, and he went to work and told his boss about that, right? He told his OIC <laughs> and his uh, supervisor. And they started laughing. They were like, wow, you guys have really integrated here into Army life totally yeah yeah, yeah we really have like this is, just but he wanted to come here you know like <laughs> it was funny he put in a request to actually come to fort bragg he's always wanted to be airborne he's always wanted to work with the army um he can do that as uh as a battlefield weather airman he can do that that's one of his job that the army doesn't have that job anymore they got rid of it back in the 70s so we can do that as a family cool. is go between army and air force posts and bases. And so we love it. You know, like that was one of those things we wanted to have this time where we really got to see what it's like to truly support the mission. Right. Yeah. And for us, it's been this amazing adventure. And, you know, so that's why, you know, so when people start talking, you know, and we hear that, you know, like, Ooh, Fort Bragg. And I'm like, let me tell you something. Let me break right. it down to you. 
be sent. Okay? <laughs> but in yeah. that process, I've learned about all these other Army posts, as well as I've sat here for the last few years and learned about all the other Air Force bases out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so, hey, here's what's going on. If you have this, 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 and this going on, here's where these are really great duty stations based on education, housing, right. um, availability of civilian health care, X, yep. Y, and Z. And you guys have taken all of that. Millie has taken all of that and put it into this glorious website. So a couple of questions. How do we find you? Oh, super easy. So we're, the website is gomillie.com. Gomillie.com. You can navigate through, depending on what you're interested in or what you're there for, you're visiting for. If you need base information, there's some really clear tabs right at the top. You find your base. Um, or you can connect with an agent hero directly from the site. Uh, you just fill out this short little contact form and somebody will call you like in an hour and assign you and like connect you with an agent um, to answer any questions you have, tell you about the full programs we have available. We have a neat little rebate that we offer as well. Um, they're just, they're just killer folks to work with. Um, so you can also connect with a scout. If you're in need of a scout, you can kind of explore some of the jobs that they offer and, and get to meet some of them virtually. You know, so we have a cool map that, you know, pick whoever from, it's almost like a, it's kind of like cash grab it, you know, in a sense. So kind of pick a person to help you out with the job and see what kind of stuff or support they can offer. And that's all on the site. So it's gomillie.com. Um, we have a really active Facebook page, our social media manager, well, she's digital marketing, I think now, Alexis Miller. I think you guys have met. I love Alexis. She's a sweetheart. She's, she's amazing. She's our, um, our Air Force representative on the team. <laughs> we actually are pretty much all Army, uh, you know, affiliated, and Alexis brings that, that dose of Air Force for us. <laughs> so you guys could commiserate. Um, and then we have, uh, oh, so the Facebook page is uh facebook you know go millie is just the handle so you can easily just type that in and and find us we have an instagram not nice way yep and then pinterest now pinterest is actually a cool um resource that our scouts use a lot to help you like if you type in or if you go to our pinterest board which is the millie Mm -hmm. way um you can actually see boards that our scouts have started to curate to help you learn about whatever base you're moving to so it's just some like nice. extra fun, like things to do on the weekends or outings or day trips or cool breweries or, you know, for, you know, base specific. So that's a cool way to explore. And you can kind of start collecting your own little vision board of what your life is going to look like at your next duty station. So that's a neat thing. Um, we have a Twitter and that's go Millie underscore com. And then one other thing I wanted to just quickly plug, um, bear with me and thank you for letting me. <laughs> I'm going to ask you're you. welcome. <laughs> Um, we have the Millie Journal. So the Millie Journal, which you know, is our publication. We decided to offer um, military spouses a platform to share their stories. And we have had dozens and dozens of military spouses in all walks of life. They could be, you know, some are professionals, um, you know, doing the work-life balance thing. Some are volunteer um, superheroes. Some are um, you know, giving tips on how to write a book or how to integrate into a new military community when they move. I mean, everyone has their own story to tell. And we define a Millie as a creative problem solver who is just owning the military experience in a unique way. And we just wanted to be able to provide all the stories so that every military spouse can come to our site and find someone that they identify with. Because I think that's huge to be able to see someone that's living this life in, in a 
totally different way than you would maybe assume or what you've maybe previously been exposed to. And you can find all like encouragement and positivity and, and just, you know, some confirmation that maybe a, a path that you're choosing to walk does make sense and does work. And I just want to, again, say thank you to you um, for contributing one of our really awesome stories. Um, so if you guys want to go check out Susan's I Am Millie story, um, hers was titled Undiscovered Millie. It was a really good one. So um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I had, a really, I had a lot of fun writing that. I, it was great. It was awesome. And it got actually did really well. I mean, it's just, it's a great, I think people just love to hear things that speak to them. So, you know, you talked about advocacy and, and sort of how your evolution of a military spouse came about. Um, and I think that that is a common thread for all of us. Um, you know, maybe the, the destinations or like the end result might vary. Um, but for the most part, I think we all kind of go through this growth process and learning how to do this life <laughs> and be happy yeah, with and, it. Um, and, you know, make it yours. So it's a very different life, you know, um, it is. and I'm so glad that you all do the journal because I think that we need to have that storytelling component to mm-hmm. our military life and about how, so I'm going to interrupt my own thought here. So for me, <laughs> where Fort Bragg has really shaped me as a military spouse is in the advocacy component, though it's always mm-hmm. been a part of my life personally. Right. right. I, I watched my mom. And mm-hmm. not just at the DMV in Virginia, in Richmond, Virginia, when I was 18 years old. I mean, I watched her from a very young age. Right. Yeah. Um, from the time I was probably eight or nine years old, I watched my mom step up to the plate and knock it out of the park. And I didn't even realize what I was watching, you know. I mean, I was so right. young watching her do some of this stuff. But yeah. there it was, a very positive and powerful influence in my life. Right. Who yep. taught me, you know, these things as a and you know, not only did she teach me these things as a child, but she taught them to me as a fellow military spouse. Yeah, I love that. Didn't you? You said you know, because she is like my mother. fellow military spouse. Yeah. That's the other thing. I love that. There's so much wisdom there, you know, and just yeah. being able to tap into like her experiences and being able to have modeled her behavior as yeah. your. I just, I think that's just super neat and you had such a privilege to have that that's so oh I agree I absolutely agree and her military spouse experience of course is completely different from mine because one we're living in a far more digital age but when my when my dad was in Vietnam it would take six to eight weeks to get a letter yeah he called maybe once a month collect from Vietnam and it would cost them a hundred dollars for 10 minutes whoa (laughs) yeah yeah because, of oh. course, DSN lines didn't exist back then. Yeah. Uh, when they got married, the furthest inland he was allowed to go on his R&R was to Hawaii. So she had to fly from Virginia out to Hawaii. They got married. Two weeks later, he was back in Vietnam, and wow. she was back in Virginia. Wow. That's yeah. So much respect for that. That's so oh, – that's crazy. I know, and it's so different. So. It, and it's funny because um, I posted a question, I think you saw this because we're Facebook friends, about how do we try to stay compassionate with our fellow military spouses? Because I'm not yeah. going to lie, there are days, especially as we're getting closer and closer to my husband's retirement, where I've become a little cynical, I've become right. a little jaded, and I'm just right. tired. Like, I, I'm tired, you know, where right. I've, done, I've done my fire hoops, I've gone through, I've, I've, I've gone through my motions now, you know, I've done the gung-ho where I'm, I'm looking for um, maybe not necessarily quieter, but I'm definitely looking for it not to be so um, crisis mode, everything, you know, my booty's on fire all the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And um, and so how do we remain compassionate? Because I, I got to tell you something. When I speak to the spouses of the Vietnam generation, I can see their their compassion, but it's almost like an impatient compassion. They get it. You're gone from your spouse. Right. They get that. But But they're like, wait a minute, you get to FaceTime your spouse. I never got that. Right. That was my first thought when you were telling that story. It's like, oh, my God, I feel bad for ever complaining, you know, but yeah, I mean, but then flip that, too. Okay, so we went through you and I both went through like crazy deployments and op tempos and like casualties and, you know, that all of that. And that was an insane experience. Um, And then I look, my sister, my brother-in-law is actually in the National Guard. He's a chaplain. He's doing amazing things. And That's so but cool. She'll still, and, you know, he does drill and, and stuff, but she'll still tell me, like, she doesn't want to post that she misses him when he's away because she doesn't want to be insensitive to me. And I'm like, Heather, that's your experience is your experience. What It's all yes. about perception. Like, whatever is hard for you, it's hard. That's valid. So you're so yeah. right. We have to be able to maintain some kind of level of and it's not easy. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm with you. It's not easy to do, but you have no, to make some there's level some of you're just like, yeah, yeah, because in, in a sense, she does, they, they, the, you know, whatever it, there's, uh, yeah, there's no way to like quantify hard, right? So she's still looking to me or, or other military spouses to not be like devalidated, but for advice and like coping mechanisms and like, how do you make this work? So you're totally right. I, I agree with that completely. And if the journal can can provide some of that, we that's one of our ultimate goals. We, we yeah, we just love being able to like offer that as a platform. So if anyone out there listening has a story they'd like to tell, I constantly take submissions. I personally read them. I help with editing. I'll make you look good, <laughs> um, and then we'll push it out there for for the spouse community at large. So if you did have, if you wanted to put a submission in it's easy it's just submit at gomilly.com and you don't even have to have like a finished product you can pitch me you know an idea I'll help you focus it and then um, we go from there and we just we love and not just for like professional bloggers or anything like that like just tell me your story tell me how you want to impact another spouse and some even if it's just telling your your story so I think that's great I love that thank you because I think that story the spouse, a spouse's story, a family's story is invaluable in shaping the future of our military and, and policies yeah. and things of that yeah. nature, you yeah. know, and I love, I love that. I think it's one of my most favorite parts about what you all do. Not only okay. do we need to understand the area and the culture of where we're going, because every installation has a culture, totally. like every branch has a culture, but yeah. having that story there and feeling like there's someone there you can identify with. That's mm-hmm. really cool. I love that. Yeah, yeah we love it. I, it's one of my favorite things to do during the week is, is to sit down and read stories and, and be able to share them. So keep them coming. I, I would love to get like, a, I would just love to get inundated. <laughs> so put it out so there. Post the journal. I'll post the journal on the Spouse Spouts oh, Facebook page in, um, in a little while. So and cool. how to find you. And it's probably going to come up over the next few days. It'll be like, cool. find Millie on Pinterest, find Millie on Twitter, you know. Perfect. Find, That's amazing. Here's the Millie Thank journal. You're welcome because you have so much social media, which is awesome that I can do that. And I can, you know, it'll help give, uh, get people to actually listen to the episode as well, which will really help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, trust get me. this we'll information share it. straight from you. I'm sure Alexis already has a whole thing planned. <laughs> for, oh, I'm, for so, glad. I'm so glad. There. So yeah. And I love what you guys are doing. And thank you again for inviting me on. I just love, you know, sharing what we're doing and then also collaborating with like amazing military spouses who are out there doing awesome stuff. And 
in the well, same vein. Well, you know, I'm not going to lie. We need to have you guys come and be a sponsor with us so we can have you guys advertise. I would love that. Hello. Oh, I'm not going to lie. There I am. I'm unabashed. I'm, I'm there unabashed. It is. Okay, there it is. Let's talk. So we Let's have talk. about two and a half minutes left. Okay. And I'm going to have to start playing our, our exit, my, the exit intro in about a minute. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you very much for coming on the show today. I'm really excited about what we talked about today. It was a fun, fun show. I had Always fun. with you. Any conversation? Oh my with you gosh! Awesome. <laughs> so much fun. But we next week I have Dr. Ingrid Herrera Yee coming on. We're going to talk mental oh. health and we're going to talk National Guard. So when you brought up the National Guard component, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Because I don't, I I feel like I don't know a lot about the National Guard, and I think that's probably not true. I probably know more than I think <laughs> I know. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's a it's a neat world, and I honestly my heart goes out to the the spouse community in the National Guard because they yeah they don't because they're not on installations. They're citizen they're citizen soldiers or citizen airmen. So they they endure the sacrifices to some extent, but then they also don't have the community, which is tough. So yeah, yeah, I think that that would be great. I I can't wait to listen to that. I'm excited. She's and Ingrid is so much fun. I love Ingrid. Yeah. So thank you though for coming on the show. You're, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. We're going to have you come back. Sure. You'll be Anytime. back. Anytime. <laughs> not, like it's, not like I'm threatening you here, but you will come back because we've had such a fun time. And then um, you'll have Dave here the next time too. Cool. So yeah. Uh, yeah, Dave is so funny. Dave I cracks was me actually up. Really, I, I want to, I want to meet him because I wanted to uh, pick his brain about being a male military spouse. I know that voice isn't often heard um, or, you know, amplified too much. And I would actually love, love, love to feature him on the journal. So if he would be interested in sharing his story, that would be cool for us. Awesome. Well, I will let him know that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will let him know. Okay. So I just got the little blurb telling me that we need to do our, our exit and thank you again. Uh, look you. out everybody. I'm going to be posting Millie information for the next few days. And uh, thank you again, Kelly, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Susan. It was fun. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the only podcast worthy of all military spouses, Spouse Spouts, with Susan Reynolds and Dave Etter. May the rest of your day, your week, your you time be better time after spending this time with us. Until next time, coffee on. Coffee on.